Hello everyone, welcome to our podcast around simplifying for success. Simplification requires discipline and clarity of thought. This is not often easy in today's rapid-paced work environment. We've invited a few colleagues in data and information governance space to share their strategies and approaches for simplification. Sustainable privacy programs require robust information governance. Data needs to be governed and managed from creation to deletion. Operationalizing privacy means streamlining, simplifying programs at scale. It requires us to rethink the technology and the automation that are currently in place to manage data today. Our podcast is about dataware and how it can help avoid making multiple copies of data. I really like Chris's statement where he says, if data is valuable, you should not be making multiple copies of it. Um, hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the show. Hey, Priya. Thanks for having me here. It's great to be here. Um, tell me more about yourself. Oh, well, uh, thanks for the opportunity for that. <laughs> well, my name is Chris McClellan. Um, I'm based in Canada, but uh, I've definitely had a career that spanned the globe. been very fortunate um, to have worked in long time in, in Europe, particularly in, in London. But uh, but I guess my career has been one of um, advancing innovation and technology. Um, I started some time ago um, in in um, telecommunications and, and digital networking um, manufacturer. And then uh, that was my first taste in the world of technology. I was a project and eventually a product manager uh, for making uh, little black boxes <laughs> that make up the internet. Uh, that was very exciting. It was a company called Newbridge Networks and uh, since was bought out by um, Nokia. But from that point, uh, I think around, it's probably fair to say every four to six years, I've caught the, the next wave of, of technology. So I went from the, I guess, the infrastructure of the internet, if you will, to web, which is an application sitting atop of it, uh, then into mobile and, and apps, particularly. I, um, I was uh, very early on, I guess, in, in mobile applications. And, and, and then during that time, I had shifted into doing, say, more marketing, I suppose, and, and strategic partnerships than um, product and project management. But I was a part of the, the founding team, not that I was part of the, uh, the, uh, the early, early team at a company called Halo, which was like an early rival to Uber, if you can imagine such a thing. <laughs> and uh, But we were based in London. You know, we ended up in 18 countries around the world. Um, just like something close to 30,000 plus drivers. And But it was a really exciting time. Um, you know, the, the game was changing on the venture capital front and um, as well as the technology front as things really radically moved into mobile much more faster. And then... Um, the fast forward a little bit more to more recent times um recognized i guess around five six years ago that marketing as a profession is coming increasingly data-centric and automated and um so <clears throat> for my own curiosity as much as anything i started an event series and podcast on artificial intelligence and it's called ask ai and it's a nonprofit, and it's at askai.org and the, that really opened up a lot of uh, conversations like this one with, with thought leaders in AI. And eventually that led me uh, through kind of an interesting route to where I work today, which is at the Data Collaboration Alliance, which is a nonprofit advancing data ownership and data collaboration or collaborative intelligence, as well as my 
role at Cinchi, which is a pioneer in a new category of data management technology known as Dataware that incorporates the hot trend in data management right now called a data fabric technology. So that's the canned history of me, if you will, and how I ended up where I am today. Tell us more about Data Collaboration Alliance, um, and then we, maybe we can talk about Sinji and mm-hmm. the technology itself, but uh, maybe talk about Data Collaboration Alliance. So what, are da- what does Data Collaboration Alliance do? Uh, The Data Collaboration Alliance is a group of partners and community members who share the same worldview that data has great value, and as such, it uh, ought to be managed and protected much more like societies around the globe protect, say, their currency or intellectual property. And when you think about those, those things that enable society to function, much as data increasingly does, we make it very difficult, if not impossible in some cases, to copy it. Because when you copy something, you devalue it and you lose control of it. And so I guess our worldview could be best summed up in where we're, our, our mission is to advance technology, standards, and protocols and concepts that either greatly minimize the use of data in operational environments or, and or eliminate silos, data fragmentation, and copies. And data integration is, is sort of a stand-in word for copies. So the IT world today, the world of applications, is really defined by silos and copies, database silos and copies exchanged between those silos. And so we're really trying to uh, help accelerate a world beyond those things so we, we can get back control of data and and control leads to two things. One is the the ability f- to give data stakeholders or rightful owners meaningful control over their information, sort of moving beyond the meaningless consent form and into real real data level control. And then secondly, to encourage collaboration between entities that currently have a lot of friction, uh, preventing them from collaborating on data, uh, things like data sharing agreements or uh, compliance rules or regulations and all the, you know, what, what is the blocker to meaningful collaboration on data? Well, it's, 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 it's in those areas. So that's a bit about the Data Collaboration Alliance in terms of our worldview and mission. Um, I'd be happy to explore some of our, our programs uh, in more detail, but that, that's what we're for. So tell us uh, more about, so you are basically saying that through the technology, you could promote a single copy of the data um, and and sharing and use cases from just a single copy as opposed to you know, all the copies of data that we see typically in pretty much any every organization. Um, so how do you how do you make that work? I mean, what is the technology behind the scenes and why is it different from uh, what's what's existing today? Well, the what's existing today, I touched on in my uh, just just previously in terms of uh, you, you, a lot of people are familiar with the mantra and app for everything. Right? I think it was Apple came out with that a long time ago. But um, you know, there's an app for everything, sure. But there's an app for everything and a database for every app, and copies exchanged at scale unrestrictedly between databases at scale. So that's what that's what is the the situation today, and even some of the um, 
the, I guess, the mitigating technologies out there, uh, such as data warehouses, data lakes. Uh, the, the, while they're great technologies and data virtualization, these are great technologies and they serve really good uh, purposes, particularly in analytics. Um, but they are still silos when you think about them. And so they are not intended, they weren't built to help simplify organizations and IT ecosystems. They, they don't remove the, they don't remove any old data silos or databases necessarily, or not, not as a direct result of their use, nor do they uh, eliminate the need to create new silos moving forward as organizations build new technologies, new business solutions. So we're in a funny place today where there's now, that's been recognized that these were really good interim technologies, but we're all heading towards a, a world of increased IT complexity, again, because they're not doing, we're not getting to the root cause of data insecurity uh, and data risk, which is silos and copies. So how do you get beyond those? Well, at the Alliance, we don't advocate any one specific technology. We're technology agnostic, but it's, it's clear that there are, and, and I should also caveat this with, you know, there's no silver bullets in technology and in data privacy and data protection, data governance. What there is is a, a steady, hopefully willful transformation to a better place. And so data minimization technologies, data encryption technologies, blockchain, uh, adding what it does in terms of uh, decentralization of things like contracts. Um, dataware is an emerging technology I happen to work with that incorporates, like I mentioned at the top, data fabric. Uh, these are all technologies and you can look them up. Um, they're, they're, they're sort of hot things in data management within analyst firms like Gartner and Forrester. Uh, I think in large part because they're seeking to simplify uh, the very complex. And, and through that act, what we're doing is minimizing data usage, minimizing data copies, minimizing data silos. And uh, the end result here is control and increased control. So that, that I hope that sheds some light on some of the technologies. But there are also protocols and standards, and we can touch on that. Um, the, the Alliance, we, we advocate and participated in the development of a new standard called Zero Copy Integration, which is soon to be a national standard in Canada. People can look that up. But, uh, but there are other people working on this, like Tim Berners-Lee, uh, has a this solid protocol, which is also very interesting and seeks to achieve many of the same goals I was talking about. Let's talk about Dataware, right? So you're also part of um, Dataware, which is one of the technologies that can mm -hmm. simplify. So, you know, would you like uh, to tell us a little bit more about what Dataware really is and why is it different? Yeah, sure. I mean, and I want to be very transparent here. I'm the director of operations at the Data Collaboration Alliance, which is a nonprofit and agnostic to any specific technology, but uh, has the the mission that I stated before of data simplicity, data ownership, and collaboration. Um, and my job at Cinchi, which is a software vendor in Dataware, as you described, uh, is to advance Dataware as a category. So I'm not in sales. I'm not in marketing. My job is to raise awareness an understanding of some of these new categories, which include that that are driving that control, simplicity, and collaboration. And Dataware is one of them. And uh, I guess the given that this is audio and uh, it's hard to show and tell, um, 
the best way I could describe it is it uses a, a new type of data architecture. So how it manages data sets is, is quite different. But um, what I love about it is that um, what it really reflects is the natural design brought to the digital world. I mean, it so often is the case, the natural world has figured out solved problems that we seem to have forgotten about and then we come back to. So think of the brain. Um, the, the brain manages information. It manages each one of us listening to this podcast manages more information than even the largest organization on earth, you know, when they do like to like comparisons, which is incredible. And it does so in a very small, compact uh, format, like fits between your ears. You know, that's, that's incredible. And, but how does it do that? Um, well, the, the short answer here is it manages information as a network, right? You have axons, neurons, and it's not making copies. It's not making copies of itself. Um, it, it, uh, and it's like all networks, they just scale. Um, they get the, the really unique thing about networks, whether it's the phone network, the power grid, uh, or the, the brain or, or dataware technology is they abstract complexity you know, by using a network-based approach. So when you look under the hood of a dataware platform, what you're seeing is a, a combination of technologies uh, in data management, one of which I mentioned, the hot one in the, in the analyst world right now, the data fabric, that provides the ability to connect legacy data into a dataware platform. Uh, data then is instantly interconnected to form that network I was talking about. And you, you have like a linked data and other capabilities brought in that way. It also, because it's a zero copy environment, um, introduces domain centric governance. So and federated data governance. So people are teams are empowered to control the data they use, let's say finance or marketing or IT. Each one of these teams are empowered within the platform to manage the data they use and should be the owner for. And that's sometimes referred to as a data mesh, which is another word you'll term category you'll hear a lot about. And then, you know, when you think finally it incorporates the core capability of a no code uh, platform. So you can actually use something that we call autonomous data, so sort of self-protected data. The, the access controls are baked into the data to combine that with active metadata to, to build new solutions. So the purpose of Dataware is to build new apps, new dashboards, new automations, new business capabilities. But to do so, so hundreds of them can be powered by this, this single network of information that grows over time with every project. And so what, do you, what what's not in that situation? There's no new databases being generated, so no new silos. And there's no point-to-point -point data integration because there's no new silos. So you're, you're eliminating copies. And what that means is you get control and simplicity and agility. So I know that's probably difficult, but think of Dataware as at its, what's different about it is that network-based architecture that makes all the difference. So are there any use cases where um, somebody has implemented uh, Dataware um, or any other, um, you know, uh, similar type of technology to sort of eliminate data silos? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, the the use cases, we, we tend to refer them to as themes or patterns in terms of how people are using our technology. But there's a few that are emerging. And and, and again, you can check it out. Some of these things at cinchy.com, uh, C-I-N-C-H-Y. Um, but for example, I touched on 
the some of the patterns are like to gain something like over 50% in time and cost back in the development of new technologies, automations, applications, dashboards, real-time systems. It's also used to add, this is really fun capability in terms of adding new capabilities to existing apps. So I mentioned a data fabric was part of a dataware platform. So imagine you connect your CRM into a dataware platform. The, its data can then be updated, upgraded, protected, and then sent back to the CRM platform in as you know, sort of modernized, upgraded uh, data and information. So you can actually give your legacy apps like CRM superpowers because the data is being augmented within a dataware platform. That, that's really cool. Um, it's also used for things like to standardize and distribute reference data. Um, another popular use case is uh, building 360 views of, of your customer, of, uh, of your organization, of your partnerships, uh, as well as digital twins uh, to replicate mainly architect um, infrastructure within a data environment to test, um, you know, outcomes through scenarios. You know, um, the but there's, there's some other outcomes that result as well, like the elimination of spreadsheets, uh, operational spreadsheets from the organization. Well, spreadsheets are great, but um, I recently posted on LinkedIn that the NHS, the National Health Service in, in the UK during COVID had used a spreadsheet in part to create a contact tracing uh, solution. And, you know, there, there's no, not only is there no scalability in the spreadsheet, and not only do they kind of confuse how it manages rows and columns, which is somewhat unforgivable. But, you know, there's no access controls on a spreadsheet and there's no means to prevent copies. And so um, there, you should not be using spreadsheets for operational outcomes if you care about data privacy and data protection. Um, so these are some of the, the use cases that um, people are using uh, Dataware for. So, um, you know, we talked about data ownership, right? Mm -hmm. So coming back to the Data Collaboration Alliance, what are you doing? What are some of the things that you're doing to sort of um, showcase data ownership, especially, you know, you brought up some great examples, right, of um, sharing data where it is currently a big issue. Um, so how can some of these technologies help in sharing data um, more securely and also in a privacy-preserving mm -hmm. manner, and um, also maintain data ownership. So. Yeah, and I, I would just remind listeners that you know there are no silver bullets, um, and there's no one technology that's going to solve that problem, that challenge. Um, but just you know, when you think about the internet, it's a combination of many technologies in routers and switches and fiber optics, but also in software, when you think of protocols and TCP IP, there's a lot that goes into making um, things like this work at scale. So we run four programs at the Data Collaboration Alliance. The first is we run interoperability tests between these types of technologies I mentioned earlier, like encryption, dataware, um, secure key encryption, uh, Web3 technologies, blockchain, um, we're, what we're trying to do through our collaborative intelligence network or CIN pro pro program is to to is to provide a a lab a forum in which to run interoperability tests to try to build a an arc, a global architecture that 
But what they all have these technologies, the outcomes that we're trying to achieve here is control, simplicity, um, accessibility, transparency, uh, federation, decentralization. These are all the themes we're working towards. So that's the collaborative intelligence network. Then we have a, uh, a, f- a free community that is happens to be built. The, the, the community app is built on Dataware platform. It happens to yeah. But uh, it's called the Data Collaboration Community. You can check that out at datacollaboration.org forward stroke community. It's free to join. And what we do there is really demonstrate that collaborative intelligence side. So what happens in that community is people log in. Um, they can get free open access to open data sets. Most of them are currently in the privacy data privacy domain. But our goal is to extend into more domains like sustainability, healthcare, agriculture, open society, open finance. Um, but they, they get access to open data sets and they get access to free tools that are powered by those open data sets. So we have, uh, these are really kind of research tools, but they would really help privacy professionals do their job. And so I encourage folks to, uh, to, to join us for free to access these open data sets and free tools. But the heart of the, the community is really what we call collabs. And these are like, um, like projects where, where our members can come together and uh, create a, sort of a crowdsourcing uh, situation where they can all contribute uh, along with our partners who can connect data in through a data fabric um, to sort of crowdsource open data sets. And it's a really exciting uh, prospect because this is like really facilitating that, that cross-team, cross-person, cross-organization collaboration on a, on a singular outcome, like a new tool or a new open data set. So that's what goes on in the data collaboration community. We have a free partnership program, which probably don't have time to go into too much, but uh, they participate in that community and they can run certain things with us. And then we have a, a software for good program. Um, finally, where we work with partners like Sinchi and others to give away free software for good causes, free data management software, and, and particularly research institutions like universities and global nonprofits and charities. And that's what happens at the Alliance. And I guess the final thing that's exciting is we, we in terms of advocacy, we've participated and are now uh, helping to promote zero copy integration, that standard I mentioned. And, Really, it's a framework to encapsulate all of these principles that I've been talking about into uh, for for developers of the future to to look at. And so, think of it as a um, modern or an upgrade of privacy by design, but taking things a lot further in terms of controlling data. Any other closing thoughts? Or- no, I mean, I, I hope I didn't go on too much. It's uh, I, I enjoy, I hope people can hear it in my voice that um, we're very excited about this. Um, the, what I, the, at the Data Collaboration Alliance, the, the approach we're taking communicates pretty well, I think, and I hope, which is that data has value. Um, owning it is a human right, not a property right, uh, in, in our view. And when you, when you compare Data. If you believe that data has value, then you're probably one hopes that you know you, you're aligned to our worldview is that you shouldn't copy unrestrictedly things of value, and so that um, I'm always happy to get on calls like this to help uh, sort of cut through the complexity and offer that analogy, which is if it has value, let's stop copying it. 
And can it really be that simple as a path to control, ownership, privacy, protection, governance? Kinda. <laughs> like, like um, there, there are nuances and complexities on the road, of course. Like even sometimes the notion of what is a copy is a temporary cache of some personal information, a copy. Yes, but it's better than a lift and shift of my entire uh, data profile or history going from one app to another app who might be in another jurisdiction in another country. So there are nuances here, but um, I think we're on a good road and it's a really exciting time in, in data management technology. Things are, are fundamentally changing at the architectural level in a way that's really exciting. Thank you so much for joining us, Chris. It was really fun talking to you. It was really my pleasure as well. Thank you so much for having me.